Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We sponsor, prepare, and deliver this radio show and podcast to all of our listeners to help them realize the importance of real food and nutrition to maintain good health. As a longtime dietitian with over 30 years of experience, I help clients both young and old. I understand that when most people get sick, they don't even think to consider their nutrition as a first solution. They usually think about getting a blood test, a prescription medication, or maybe a chiropractor adjustment. But typically, they do not think about what they're eating. So true. Very Mm -hmm. true, isn't it? So perhaps it is time to think nutrition first. Because 90% of our health, or lack of health, is the result of our nutrition or lifestyle habits. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Joanne, I think it's such a good point. We always need to think nutrition no matter what it is. And we know from recent research that people who eat more than six to nine teaspoons of sugar daily have a 50% higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Wow. And we know that only a small part of Alzheimer's disease is genetic. So the lifestyle part is huge. Right. And speaking of lifestyle, as many of you know, smoking is the leading cause of heart disease and cancer. Mm-hmm. And if you've been watching the news, you know that vaping seems to be causing a lot of serious lung problems. And I saw on the news yesterday a couple deaths recently yeah. from vaping, especially for younger people. And... Like you said earlier, I think it's so interesting that 90% of our health or lack of health Mm -hmm. comes from what we're eating, other lifestyle habits, other environmental factors. And again, only 10% can be related back to our genetics. So is arthritis a genetic problem or is it a food and lifestyle problem? We know that for many people eating bread, too much sugar, that causes inflammation in their joints. Mm -hmm. After years of that inflammation, the tissue and the cartilage will actually break down, and that can cause really excruciating pain. And for many individuals, that leads to a knee replacement, or maybe both knees have to be replaced. And that's happening earlier and earlier. It is. Yesterday, I had a client who had had three knee replacements on the same knee. Oh, my goodness. It apparently didn't work, and they had to redo it. Very sad. So now that we have your attention, you may be wondering, who are those two ladies I'm listening (laughs) to? (laughs) My name is Joanne Rideout. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I've been helping people eat better to have better health for over 30 years. I also teach several classes and seminars throughout the year. Coming up, I'll be teaching the Food Connection to ADHD That's a seminar that we have on Saturday morning, September 28th. And I'll also be teaching the Menopause Survival Seminar on Saturday, February 9th. 
I love teaching these two classes because we present such eye-opening information about food, how food can affect both behavior and hormones, Mm -hmm. right? So today my co-host is Brittany Vincent, who's also a registered and licensed dietitian. Brittany and I just completed a training packet of information for other dietitians and nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness about how hormones affect your health and what can cause hormonal imbalances. So Brittany's the perfect person to be on here today with me, uh, talking about the hormone connection to weight loss. And actually, I think it would be more fitting for the title to be the hormone connection to weight gain, right? Yes. That's what most people are concerned about. Both men and women are mostly concerned with weight gain, right? Absolutely. And there's, there's many different reasons that people gain weight when they have hormonal shifts. Oftentimes, both men and women, they gain weight when they're under long-term stress. That hormone cortisol increases with stress and higher cortisol levels result in weight gain and often inflammation. Mm-hmm. And our bodies can also experience more achiness in our muscles and our joints from long-term stress. Women also gain weight because their estrogen and progesterone levels fluctuate around their period. Mm -hmm. Then bloating might occur, headaches, irritability, carb cravings. And then once the period is over, everything goes back to normal. Usually the number on the scale goes back to normal. But it's important to note when your hormones are in balance... You're not going to get any of those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's, that's the true. goal. Yes, definitely. I think we've seen clients that have that same feedback to us. Oh. It's like once I got a hold of my nutrition, I yep. stopped eating sugar, I stopped having PMS. Yeah, Isn't it's that amazing. amazing. Isn't and that it really amazing? can only happen in a couple of menstrual cycles. Exactly. So I think the time that most women struggle um with weight gain is during the period of time that is perimenopause, which is the year of several years before menopause starts. Mm-hmm. And this is because women have less progesterone and they have excess estrogen during perimenopause. So they may notice other changes that can add to the weight gain. So during perimenopause, did any of the following changes happen to you? So maybe you had trouble sleeping, waking up often, or maybe you even had insomnia like I did. So I hear about that a lot from clients. Most people gain weight when they sleep less than seven and a half to eight hours most nights. And sometimes women start to have night sweats. Those also can interfere with sleep. Um, As I'm looking at the clock here, I think we need to take a little break here, Um, and then we will return on that topic. Sounds good. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I want to announce that we have a new and improved whey protein powder at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and the good news is that we were able to upgrade to a whey protein that comes from grass-fed hormone-free cows, and it tastes better, too. And it mixes really easily, and it comes in two delicious flavors, vanilla and chocolate. 
And more good news. During the month of September, we're giving you a 15% discount when you purchase our Wellness Whey Protein Powder, either online or you can go to any of our seven locations throughout the Twin Cities. And our website is weightandwellness.com. And then make sure to read our latest blog called 17 Protein-Filled Recipes featuring our updated best-selling protein powder. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. It's back to school time again. That can mean stressful times for many families, especially if one or more of your children struggle with ADHD mm-hmm. or attention deficit. I remember those days, unfortunately, some home- homework wars. And that's why I love to share all the things I wish I would have known when my son and my daughter were going through those struggles. Food really makes a difference. So if you can relate and you want to help your child, your spouse, or even yourself, join Angela and me for the Food Connection to ADHD on Saturday, September 28th at our Maple Grove location. Call our office, 651-699-3438, and sign up today. So today, today we're talking all about hormones and weight gain, And as you're listening to Joanne and I today, and if you've had some weight gain, just think about what period of your life that weight gain happened. And maybe you can tie that to one of these hormones that we're talking about today. And that could give you some answers. Mm -hmm. And before we went to break, we were, Joanne, you were talking about typical perimenopause symptoms. Right. And so during perimenopause, Often people start noticing some insomnia or difficulty sleeping. I hear that so often. And most people gain weight when they sleep less than seven and a half to eight hours at night. And sometimes we even have night sweats during that period of time. So that also helps to interfere with our sleep. Mm -hmm. So those night sweats can be from too much estrogen and a lack of the hormone progesterone, so the balance is off. Or it can be from eating sugar, especially in the even evening before bedtime, which for a lot of people, that's when they have those sugar yeah, cravings. absolutely. So balance is needed there. And then sadly, that glass of wine or that dish of ice cream at bedtime can lead to night sweats. So that can wake you up in the night, causing your metabolism to slow down and gain weight. And I remember that when I was going through those years, especially it was very noticeable to me when I had had a glass of wine, mm-hmm. maybe out to eat, so a little bigger meal. Yeah. And man, even before I was doing this type of nutrition, it was very obvious to me that that glass of wine made a difference and woke me up because if I didn't have one, I was a, you were fine. a lot better. And that so, is so common. It is so common. I hear that from a lot of people and struggling with struggling with sleep and yet still having that glass of wine, which makes you fall, feel drowsy and sleepy at the moment. Mm-hmm. But a few hours later, it can cause a little imbalance in your blood sugar and cause you to wake up. Yep. Absolutely. And even, you know, even if you're not going through that time of your life, we do know that alcohol inhibits REM sleep, our most restorative sleep cycle. Yes. So alcohol at any stage, 
male or female, mm-hmm. needs to pour sleep. Yep, definitely. So when, you know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we look at the hormone connection to weight gain, and we look at three major categories of hormones. And some of these hormones can negatively affect your weight, where others are more weight loss friendly, <laughs> so to speak. The first category of hormones we look at is blood sugar hormones. So, you know, really always starting there is smart. And those blood sugar hormones are insulin and glucagon. So if you eat too much sugar, processed carbohydrates for your body, the pancreas secretes excess insulin. Insulin, we know, is a fat storage hormone, and that causes weight gain, especially on midsection, on the sides, as many people call them, love handles. (laughs) Yep. And furthermore, we do know that insulin is a master hormone. So when we're making excess insulin, that throws off other hormones in our body, Mm -hmm. including our sex hormones. That's right. So, and then the other hormone Brittany mentioned is glucagon. So glucagon is secreted when we have a blood sugar that is very balanced, not too many carbs or sugar, and then balanced with the protein and healthy fat. Mm -hmm. Both of these hormones stimulate, um, both of these carbs and sugar all these foods that or foods that turn to sugar stimulate insulin production. So glucagon is our friend because it helps us lose weight. So it help once our blood sugar is balanced, we on a regular basis, then we start secreting glucagon. Having excess insulin because you eat too many processed carbs or grains is a very common problem and then you're not going to secrete the glucagon. So it's really important to have that balance. In fact, about 84 million people are pre-diabetic. That means about one out of three people are pre-diabetic. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. From eating too many carbs and producing too much insulin. And and a lot of people don't realize that they're pre-diabetic. Maybe they haven't had their numbers yeah. run. Or their numbers are hanging in there still close to normal. Yeah. But they still could be bordering on that pre-diabetes. Perhaps if you're struggling with your weight, you may need to reduce your carb intake. I've heard from so many clients that when they lose weight, when they stop eating bread, they stop eating pasta, some of those extra sugary coffee drinks, chips, crackers, candy, just stopping those sugar foods helps so much in weight gain. It's amazing. Yeah, it makes watch. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people... You know, they say, I don't eat a lot of carbs or I don't eat a lot of sugar. Right. Well, you know, if you're struggling with and you've had some weight gain, maybe you write down your food for a few days. Mm -hmm. And that increased awareness. A lot of people realize, wow, okay, I'm eating Mm -hmm. a lot more of those foods Mm -hmm. that I thought. And then, again, that'll give you your answer of what's contributing to that weight gain. It will. And and then one thing I hear a lot from people about um they're thinking about maybe gluten is a problem for mm-hmm. them and they want to try that experiment well then they start throwing in rice yeah lots and lots and lots of rice well rice is going to turn to sugar yes. too so that's that very good point that's also a problem yep so the second type of hormones that affects your weight is our stress hormones I mentioned those earlier in the show today so cortisol adrenaline 
And we make cortisol on a daily basis. We have an optimal biorhythm that our body wants to follow, but we make more cortisol when we're stressed, and that's when it becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. And ongoing stress makes those cortisol levels go up. That affects our digestion and can create that dreaded belly fat, especially Mm -hmm. like right around the belly button area. You can think of that as stress weight gain. So how do you know if your cortisol levels are going up from your stress? So one sign is you might feel wired but tired. I definitely remember feeling that way at a at a time in my life. So you're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, awake, but you feel exhausted at the same time. Mm-hmm. You might become more emotional. Again, you might start to notice that weight gain happening. That's right. So um, some people with higher stress levels find themselves disrupted sleep Mm -hmm. and cortisol also affects that. So can you relate to that? Are you in bed feeling exhausted, but your eyes are wide open? Just like Brittany said, wired, but tired. Mm -hmm. So eyes are wide open, staring at the ceiling. Those higher cortisol levels due to ongoing stress affect your melatonin. So as cortisol levels go up, your natural melatonin levels go down and you can't sleep. So in order to sleep, many of our clients need to supplement with 2 to 10 milligrams of melatonin each night in order to restore an adequate amount of melatonin in their body necessary for sleep. Think of how many people have those high-stress jobs, stress in their family, job demands, family demands, and then, you know, you kind of live in that stressed place, and your cortisol is going to be off. Yeah, and I think people don't always realize how stressed their body is, because that's their normal. Right. And so, Joanne, you mentioned having, taking melatonin. A lot of people need that for sleep, but I'd encourage you You know, if you need to supplement with that to help with sleep, making those lifestyle changes we're talking about today so that your body starts to also make more of that melatonin. Exactly. That's really important. So I think it's time for a break now. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If sugar, pasta, bread, potatoes, rice, pizza, pancakes, muffins... In beer, make up the majority of your diet, you might want to rethink what you're eating. Here's some food for thought. People who eat good fat, such as olive oil, avocados, butter, nuts, full-fat cream, avocado oil, full-fat cream cheese. That all sounds delicious. Yes. So people that eat all of those healthy fats have a 42% lower risk of getting Alzheimer's disease than the general population. That's good news. That's motivating to eat those. <laughs> yes. We will be right back. Why can't I lose this weight? What is wrong with me? Why can't I stop eating? My name is Nell, and two years ago, I was asking myself these questions, but I didn't know where to find the answers. I felt alone and hopeless about my weight problem. I was pre-diabetic and 100 pounds overweight. Yes, I said 100 pounds overweight. I was really depressed about my weight. I felt like I had tried everything and nothing had or was ever going to work. I felt trapped. Then I found Nutrition for Weight Loss and learned the new science of weight loss from the wonderful people at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. 
The program taught me to use real food to stay satisfied, end my cravings, and jumpstart my metabolism. I am happy to report that with the help of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I have lost 90 pounds and dropped five dress sizes. My blood sugar is normal and I have boundless energy. Change your life like I did. Sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss today. Call 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com to find a Nutrition for Weight Loss class near you. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we mentioned when women stop ovulating, their production of progesterone declines. So we like to think of progesterone as the brain's natural Valium because it soothes and relaxes you. We don't hear much about Valium anymore. No, we don't. Progesterone is very protective and is being used to calm down the brain in people who have traumatic brain injuries. That's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. So progesterone also supports the function of the neurotransmitter GABA, which settles down your brain also. So natural progesterone cream can help with sleep, irritability, and hot flashes. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we carry two natural progesterone creams, Both are high-quality, natural progesterone. So you can go to weightandwellness.com and click on vitamins. And then just follow the prompts or call our office at 651-699-3438. And you can ask any questions you may have, or you can order some. So before the break, we were talking about cortisol and and how that impacts your sleep but we also know it really does a number on your weight loss efforts mm-hmm. so cortisol will actually increase your blood sugar levels so then in turn we're making more insulin which is our fat storage hormone so more cortisol means weight gain more insulin means weight gain it's a nasty little vicious cycle mm-hmm. and Elevated cortisol levels are also associated with obesity, depression, excessive food cravings, food addiction. And we gain the weight specifically in the belly because abdominal fat has four times more cortisol receptors than other fat cells. Wow. Interesting. That's amazing. So sadly, excess (laughs) belly fat might be accompanied also with a shrinking Brain when you're under chronic stress. Mm-hmm. So, th- are you having some some memory issues? Are you forgetting more? You know that the memory center of your brain is also has a lot of cortisol receptors, so it can get overwhelmed when we're overproducing cortisol for an extended amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, our body can only produce so much cortisol, so eventually we're actually going to underproduce cortisol. Mm -hmm. And then you really, really feel poorly. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important that you get some of these lifestyle things under control before that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I I talk to quite a few people that are just tired all the time and cannot figure out why. And and I think that's a lot of it is just lots of stress for a long period of time. Absolutely. There's also outside stress. What we're mm-hmm. talking about, which which is can be kind of an environmental stress. Maybe you have a child in the hospital or a parent in the hospital or a bad long-term relationship, or maybe a job that you're struggling with. 
Additionally, there is stress that we put on ourselves. In fact, one of the most stressful things we can do to our body is not eating on schedule. That's kind of interesting. Most people wouldn't think of that as stressful. But it can cause you to experience low blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the hardest things we can do to our body. Because our busy schedules, many people are not eating frequently throughout the day. Some people go through the day and forget lunch. Many people have that old belief buried deep in their brains of calories in and calories out. So they might be thinking, if I skip a meal or snack, I'm going to have less calories Mm -hmm. and lose weight. But the truth is, not eating and not having a balanced blood sugar, you can actually gain weight. There is so much more information about the stress hormones, but in the interest of time, we need to move on to our next category of hormones that affects our weight, and that is the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So today we're going to focus mainly on estrogen and progesterone. So these two hormones, we need them to be in balance. And these levels are going to rise and fall as they do in a normal menstrual cycle. But then you shouldn't have any symptoms associated with that. But when the estrogen-progesterone balance is disrupted, irritability, fatigue, anxiety, weight gain, all of that can set in. Mm -hmm. And usually during perimenopause, women stop ovulating or their ovulation significantly reduces, and eventually that production of progesterone will stop. But then the problem is, is the ovaries, adrenal glands, and fat cells continue to make estrogen. Mm -hmm. So basically before menopause, during these months, sometimes years of perimenopause, women frequently have too much estrogen and very little of that balancing hormone progesterone. So you might be thinking, what are some of these symptoms of excess estrogen? That's right. And the number one symptom of excess estrogen is weight gain. So that's why it's so important what we're talking about today. Excess estrogen can cause water retention, can cause breast swelling, breast tenderness, can cause sleep problems, mood swings, and that dreaded weight gain. So the question that must always be addressed, is it too much estrogen or is it a lack of progesterone? Mm -hmm. And very often the answer is usually a little of both. Both are in play. So some researchers are saying that because of environmental estrogens, those xenoestrogens, we are swimming in a sea of toxic estrogens. Things like, you might wonder what that is. Things like plastic, pesticides, insecticides, even birth control pills, even hormone replacement therapy, even chemicals in our water, our food products, our our beauty products. Yes. Lots and lots of those man-made estrogens. So in addition to that current exposure to those xenoestrogens, you know, many women have been taking birth control for a number of years or been on hormone replacement therapy for a number of years. So these women have had years and years of receiving excess estrogens 
and their sex hormones are out of balance. Mm-hmm. It's so common. It really is. And, you know, with the birth control pills, I'm really glad you brought that up because so many women are on those and that's giving you synthetic excess estrogen. Exactly. But at the same time, it's preventing ovulation. So that means that your production of progesterone goes down. Right. Making that that ratio of the two even more imbalanced. Yes. And some of those symptoms of that excess estrogen are what we call estrogen dominance. Again, the weight gain. And this is especially around the hips, the thighs, the abdomen, more in perimenopause, arms. Mm-hmm. It can cause fatigue, fibrocystic breasts, headaches, hormonal migraines, foggy thinking, low sex drive. The list kind of goes on and on. It does. So how do you get that estrogen to progesterone levels back in balance? That's a big question. It is. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we, of course, always say food first. So hormones need sufficient good fats and also cholesterol. You're probably surprised to hear that. Yes. Also cholesterol. There is a surprise. So your sex hormones are made from cholesterol. Also, interesting, cholesterol levels under 160 have been associated with depression aggression, even suicide. So perhaps if you've been on a statin medication, your cholesterol levels have gotten too low. Mm -hmm. If you're under stress, you have low levels of cholesterol, you have nothing to make your estrogen, your progesterone, or your testosterone. And this is true for both men and women. I know today's topic is a lot about women, but there is both... Everything we're talking about really applies to both men mm-hmm. and women. So a great question is, how do you eat to support your sex hormones? Well, first of all, you're not going to be surprised to hear this, but cutting out the sugar and the processed carbs. And here's an, a very informative yet attention-grabbing fact, especially for men and women experiencing low libido. If you eat a sugary treat or a drink, like tis the season for the pumpkin spice lattes, (laughs) if you have a medium pumpkin spice latte, that contains 13 teaspoons of sugar. Your testosterone levels may drop by 25%. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And we know there's a huge connection with insulin resistance, so making too much insulin and having low testosterone. Right. Yep, there's a big connection there. So if you want to maintain your sex hormones, we suggest including healthy fats at every meal and snack. So things like avocados, nuts, butter, coconut oil, that full-fat cream, olive oil, avocado oil, full-fat cream cheese, salmon, whole milk cottage cheese. This list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Sounds really mm-hmm. good, too. We find that people who have been following a low-fat diet and taking cholesterol-lowering medication usually have many more hormonal issues. Those ongoing hot flashes, mood swings, sleep problems, and not just feeling like themselves 
So I'm looking at the clock. Yeah. I think we need to take a break. Yes. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And the whole topic of hormones, it is really so complex. And we know that today we've just touched on some of the more critical information that all of our dietitians and nutritionists work with men who are experiencing prostate problems or women with PMS and fertility issues mm -hmm. or those with other hormonal issues such as hot flashes. So typically, if there's a hormonal imbalance, there's also a food imbalance for your body. You're just not getting what you need from the food you're eating. Now, every one of us has a unique food requirement. So we understand because many of us know these problems from our own personal experience. And of course, we've read so much research. We have. Make an appointment with one of our dietitians or nutritionists and get the help that you need. We can meet in person or over the phone. You choose. Call 651-699-3438 to set up your appointment. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are experiencing perimenopause or menopause or even postmenopause symptoms, join us for our Menopause Survival Seminar Saturday, November 9th at our St. Paul location. Join Darlene and Diane and myself as we answer your questions and present well-researched information about our hormone balance. So many women say to me, oh, I'm way past that. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with I all that. that. And they think we're just going to talk about hot flashes. But we talk about so much more. Many female health topics like sleep and osteoporosis, even incontinence. So there's information for everyone. So call 651-699-3438 and sign up today to save yourself a seat. Besides all the great information, we also serve you an organic balanced lunch. It's always a really fun day. We've had women come from out of town, from places like Texas and New York, just to get the information we present about a natural way to manage hormones. Yeah. It's always it's a, a great, great day. day. Yeah. It really is. So we have a caller. Lenny, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about estrogen? Yes, I do. A while ago, you were talking about the imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, particularly perimenopause and menopausal times. Yep. Some women go and ask for hormone replacement from their physicians and get estrogen, not progesterone. I think it's just estrogen, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. seems to stop all the symptoms. And I'm wondering, that, in my mind, would increase the estrogen even more mm -hmm. in relation to the progesterone. So why does that work? I think... We generally see that it works kind of as a temporary basis, yeah. but then unfortunately it's usually a synthetic type of estrogen, so our body, it doesn't very agree very well with our bodies. Um, it, I think it temporarily works and kind of masks those symptoms, so people think then they get the idea they can't live without it, yes. but, but we're better off if we don't go down that road and try to balance with the natural progesterone mm -hmm. as, as a first step, because then otherwise you're becoming then used to it, dependent on it, and then needing to continue, and I've worked with so many women with that with that situation it's better to kind of just back off or even back off slowly or yeah. whatever women need to do um 
or just go cold turkey and and deal with the symptoms. But it, it's generally better to use progesterone to kind of help with that balance and then work back that way. Does that make sense? A little. I'm I'm still not understanding why, even if it's synthetic, more estrogen stops the symptoms. That doesn't seem to make sense. In what so what we what we often see when women go off of the synthetic estrogen. All those symptoms come back, sometimes worse, because that underlying estrogen dominance hasn't been addressed. Right. And in any time we can avoid any sort of something synthetic going in our body, that's, that's always the best option. Okay. Does that answer uh, your question? Yeah, not really, but... I understand the synthetic part. I just am trying to figure out what? more estrogen. This seems wrong on every level, so it doesn't. It, 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 I don't know why doctors are prescribing it. I don't either. It actually is wrong on every level, and I think you know basically the answer is this is kind of a temporary fix. Yep. But then our body should be. Um, we if we're addressing, like Brittany said, addressing the estrogen dominance. That's the imbalance in our body, and that we generally start with progesterone to address that. Yeah, and it imbalance. Seems like more estrogen would make it more dominant. Yes, and right. Why would that? If estrogen is what's causing the hot flashes, why does it stop the hot flashes to get more? Like Joanne said, it's masking. It's temporary. It's masking, just like um, birth control does. It's kind of. Masking, it's a Band-Aid approach. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. okay. So, you know, maybe we mention a couple ways that women can get rid of some of these excess estrogens. Right. So we talked a little earlier about those xenoestrogens. You know, our foods are wrapped in plastic. We have lots of chemicals in our food products as well as in our beauty products. So one of the things you can reduce your exposure to these xenoestrogens is switching from plastic to glass. You know, Mm -hmm. just purchasing everything you can in glass containers. Also, look um, on the... EWG Environmental yep. Working Group. Yep. They have a website called Skin Deep that yep. they can help you to learn which beauty products are non-toxic. Yep. So that's another good resource. And you'll be surprised. So you type in your product and it tells you how toxic they are. Mm-hmm. You're going to be really scared. <laughs> it will make you want to change. Exactly. And then the other thing, buying organic, chlorine-free cotton pads and tampons. Yep. That's another another good step. Drinking filtered water Absolutely. is another good step. You know, avoiding that pol- excess pollution. Yep. And, you know, eating a lot of cruciferous vegetables, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, that actually helps your body detox that excess estrogen. So including that is really smart. And, you know, we could talk about hormones for hours and hours, <laughs> but we want you to eat the food that is right for your body. So I'd like to suggest some classes that have helped hundreds of people lose weight by balancing their hormones. So one recommendation is our weight and wellness series that starts in October. 
Another one that I highly recommend, I teach a lot of myself, is our Nutrition mm-hmm. for Weight Loss program. Starts the week of September 16th. I'm going to be teaching a 7.30 a.m. Friday in St. Paul. Wow. Yes. <laughs> for the early birds. Yeah. <laughs> and what's great about the Nutrition for Weight Loss as well is you get two one-hour appointments with a dietitian or nutritionist to address your individual concerns. So that's helpful. Of course, Joanne mentioned that this uh, menopause survival seminar, and that's November 9th. And you can always just make an individual appointment with one of our dietitians or nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Because there's so many ways to avoid these unpleasant symptoms that we've been talking about today, whether you're, you're a menstruating woman, you're perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, we would love to help you. Call the office at 651-699-3438 to set up your individual appointment, or you can visit our website, weightandwellness.com. That's right. That's right. And before we close, I just want to mention, I had talked about earlier about those good fat sources that we need. Fats are so necessary for hormone production. So in addition to the cruciferous vegetables that that Brittany talked about, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I um, highlight those healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, grass-fed butter, um, unrefined coconut oil, avocado, and nuts. So those healthy fats added back into our foods makes a huge difference in giving our bodies the necessary fat that we need to produce estrogen absolutely produce our hormones yeah well our goal at nutrition weight and wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food it's simple yet such a powerful message eating real food really is life-changing so thank you for listening and have a wonderful day Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.